What, what am I doing? Oh, you're right. Hey, look at that. So the fifth and sixth grade. I'm glad we got, see, this is why we got people that know what's going on. I don't, apparently. But those, the, the fifth, the fifth through, fifth, sixth, and seventh, um, you guys, the, you head out to your Understanding God class this morning. Come on, this is, this, they're, they're going to get some good stuff right now, right here. All right. So I want to I want to go back and you know I, I just want to bring up a couple quick things from the beginning of the year. Some of you may may not have been here with us since the the, the top of the year. So um, this year, Lincoln City Church, we've determined. Oh, and you know I want to mention one other thing before we determine that. If you notice, I'm not Pastor Solo. I don't know if you figured that out or not, but Pastor Solo, our senior pastor, for those of you who don't know, he's uh, he's not with us today. They they are actually traveling. Um, and they're ministering at one of our sister churches down in Independence, Missouri. Um, you know, the, there's a, a young couple that's starting out, man, and it's just really good we can connect with them. But so he's down there this morning. It's not vacation. He's not taking the time off. He's actually speaking and ministering this morning down there. So let's take a quick second. Let's actually pray for them um, and what they're doing. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, again uh, first for our time. But Father, I thank you for Pastor Solo and Sarah. And I thank you for where they're at right now down in Independence and and, uh, and, and visiting Brother Kenny in their church. And Father, I just thank you for being with them as he ministers this morning. Uh, Lord, just pour your anointing out upon him this morning. And just thank you uh, for all those that are there. And just let them receive what you have for them today. Uh, Father, I just thank you for the same for us here today. Father, just help us to receive the word that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so here we go. So this year, Lincoln City Church, we've purposed um, to to... Go with the message of what we call go. And go really comes out of, it's birthed out of Matthew chapter 28, um, verses 18 to 20. What does that say? Well, it says that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, now go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to observe all of the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Now, this was a mandate from Jesus. This is one of, and, and I don't know, this is, you know, I like studying public speaking and, and a few of these things. And one of the things they tell you is, you know, one of the things that you're going to remember the most is what was said last, right? There could be some great points. You write all these things down, but by the time you walk out the door, one or two of those points may have faded away. But usually the last thing that you hear is the thing that sticks with you. And this is Jesus' last words as he's here and he's getting ready to go off and he says, this is out of all the things that we've talked about. This is the thing I want to stick. Everything in my ministry that I've done has led to this exact same thing. I want you to go and make disciples. Take it everywhere so that every nation, everybody knows of who I am and knows my way. This is what I want you to do. So in, in this year, 2015, we've been really studying this. We've been, we've been studying about things, you know, uh, you know, go as you go, why, you know, why we're doing what we're doing and we're going out and doing those things, things that may, you know, prevent us from going. What are the hangups? Maybe some things that we have going on in our life or, you know, fears, doubts, those kind of things that may prevent us. Um, you know, we've been talking about going beyond, right? I mean, you know, God's got this. He said, we want you not just a little bit, but there's a go beyond. There's a much more to it. So now what? We need to grab a hold of the message and we need to go now. Right? And, and I love the second Corinthians says it this way, and I'm, I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible here. Um, and it says in second Corinthians 
chapter 6, then the first three verses, and it's actually probably the first two verses I wrote it wrong in there. So if you see that, it's not their problem, it's mine. So the first two verses says, we need to take this message and act now. That's what we're talking about. We need to take this message and act now. Companions, here we go. As we are in this work with you, we beg you, please don't squander one little bit of this marvelous life God has given us. God reminds us, I have heard you, I've heard your call in the nick of time. I was there, you know, the the day that you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now is the right time to listen. The day to be helped. Don't put it off. He's given us a mandate. We know these things, but we can't just sit on them anymore. Now is the time. We know what we need to do. Now is the, now is the time. We've got to get a hold of it. And we need to do so with a sense of urgency. Right? I mean, come on. How many of you have had a sense of urgency about anything? Okay, half of you. So that means the rest of you are pretty chill. That's good. So half of you have had a sense of urgency, right? So I want you to think about this. If you have a young child, how many of you have had a young child or have a young child? Okay, how many of you have been around young children? You've at least seen a little kid. How many people know what children are? Okay, some of you weren't raising on anything. All right, so we got at least some children. But if you've been around a young child, you understand what a sense of urgency can mean. Okay, I, I, I grew up liking, you know, like a lot of people, I watched some cartoons when I grew up. And there was this one in particular that was called The Animaniacs. Love this cartoon. Come on, I love this cartoon. And, and, and what I see, you know what I mean by when I was growing up watching it, I actually mean I was probably watching it when I was older than I should have been and enjoyed it too much. But when I was growing up, I enjoyed the Animaniacs. And one of the people that came on, there was this mad scientist guy, and he had these little one-liners that he would just come up with. He would just show up, say something, and then disappear. And he came up with one. One time he was talking about a sense of urgency, and he says, you know, when nature calls... You must pick up the phone and say, hello, I got your message. If you've ever had a kid, you understand what that means. With a child, if you let that phone ring one too many times, it might go to voicemail and you got a problem. You got to do and you got to move with a sense of urgency, right? You know when that happens, you need to act immediately, right? You don't just stop and wait. You know, you just, ah, you know, just, that's a call I probably should have gotten. No. <laughs> you know, when you're a mom and a dad, and in my house this happens, you know, from time to time, and, and if you ever hear that call of your name in the middle of the night, you can be dead asleep, but there's a sense of urgency that comes over you when you hear, hey, hey, dad, if it's two in the morning, you better start moving. Right? There's a sense of urgency. You may have been dead asleep, but there you are right in the middle of it. I, I want to make a statement here. I want to tell you, and I, I want to preface it with saying one thing. I'm not coming down on the church. I'm talking to myself as much as anybody, okay, when I say this. But the church has lost its sense of urgency. Amen? I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I'm saying this to myself. I feel like I've lost my sense of urgency. I don't know why. I don't know what that is, but... Week in and week out, this is, I want to tell you, week in and week out, you, you, you see that the church body as a whole, there, there are half-filled churches. There, there are maybe quarter-filled churches. Why? We've lost our sense of urgency to reach people. 
Pastor Solo's done a great job detailing this. In the last few weeks, he's talked about this, right? And, and we see where there's a slide in different groups, um, you know, a, across the nation where there's never been a decline. All of a sudden, there's a decline. Why? We've lost our sense of urgency. You know, even if we took this to the full, let's start with the city of Lincoln. We start with Lincoln. If you took every single church that's in this town, we fill every single service once on a weekend to capacity, do you realize that's not very many people that will have gotten reached? You know, we were, we were at a minister's conference this week, and one of the things that really hit me, you know, and, 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 I, and I just, at first, you know, I had to get rebuked by the Lord for my thoughts. But the, this, the pastor came, and one pastor came up, and he says, you, you realize that as a nation, we are underchurched. And he went on to explain, we don't have enough churches. And I said, yeah, you haven't been to Lincoln. You can't drive more than two blocks without running into a church, it feels like, right? But here's the problem. We go empty. We've lost the sense of urgency to get people here to meet together. It's not a capacity problem. Well, it is somewhat of a capacity problem, but we aren't feeling that. You know, we we need to have more people that are willing to go. I mean, we're, we're talking about going here very shortly to Crete, right? Come on, we're, we're, we're going to put a church, even in Crete, if you were to take all of them and fill them up, there's still going to be people that would not don the steps or the, the doors of a church because we haven't got that urgency to get them there. Come on, when God calls that number, you know, and, and, and if we've opted to let it to go to voicemail, we start to see the mess that ensues. You know, <laughs> And I like that some people said, all we need is just one good revival. Just one good revival, and, and this is all going to turn. I don't disagree with that. But the problem is, is we look to the revival in the wrong place. It has to start here. You can't look to somebody else to start the thing. You have to start with it in your own self. Because when it starts here, you start to feel a sense of urgency. When you start to see a sense of urgency, everywhere you go, you see somebody that needs to know the Lord. It isn't just walking by the same person every day and going, oh, I hope he doesn't talk to me today. Hi. You know? You know that person I'm talking about. There's always one you're walking by like, I hope I just don't do He saw me. Hey, how you doing? You know? That's not my face, by the way, of I don't want to talk to you because I do that to everybody. So now the next time I go, hey, how you doing? You're like, hey, he didn't want to talk to me. No, no, that's not what that is. But we all have that person. Here we go. The thing is, is but we have to first answer that call from God in our own lives. So what now? What now? My first thing, what now? What, what do we need to do? I want to go over to 1 Samuel. And I like what happens to, uh, to, to Samuel and Eli here. And in 1 Samuel, it, I've got a couple of excerpts, but I'm going to read actually the first, the first 10 verses here. And he says, now... Uh, the boy Samuel was ministered to, uh, you know, administered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Uh, there was no widespread revelation. Come on, the people, the people that are in the church really hadn't heard God spoke in a while. It was starting to become a rare thing. Come on, start to feel like today. Once in a while, you kind of feel like, man, I, I just really, uh, what's going on? Well, no, that's why I'm appreciative of this place. Because I know the word of the Lord is being spoken every week. But here we go. 
And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying in his place with his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, um, uh, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, he says, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And he said, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Now, if you've ever had kids, that's happened to you. In the middle of the night, and, and even if it's not a sense of urgency, you roll over and there's a kid's face right there. It's like, what do you need? Don't do that. Go back to bed. Sometimes that's our first reaction instead of the right answer, right? And so, you know, he went and he laid down. He, he laid down. And the Lord called again. He says, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and he says, here I am, for you called me. He answered, he says, I did not call you, go lay down. And now this, here's the thing, this blows me, this verse 7 blows me away. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. That tells me right there that he was in an ineffective church. He was in a church that called, has lost its sense of urgency. Eli, Eli is a prophet, a man of God. Here's this kid who's staying with Eli, a man of God, and it says he didn't even know who the Lord was. You're living in the church. How did the prophet not do this? How did the prophet not speak? How did he not get put in? We need to answer the call. He was given a mandate. Come on, he he was dropped off by his mother because his mother said, I love the Lord so much, and the fact that he gave me a son, I'm going to give that son back to him. And what did the minister, what did a prophet do with him? He didn't give him direction. He said, it says right here, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. That hurts me. I hope we don't find ourselves in that place. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, so he rose and he went to Eli and he says, Here I am, for you did call me. Now, you know how kids get a little sassy. That's probably the third one. He was like, come on, you did call me. This is three times. Hello, I'm hearing it. I'm not stupid. So then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. And therefore, Eli Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. um, And it shall be if he calls you, then you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now, the Lord came and stood and called as the other times. The, the Lord got a little more personal. He said, okay, I'm going to get in your business now. You're not just answering because I'm calling. Now I'm going to come and I'm here. So the Lord came and stood. And he said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, he says, speak, your servant heals, hears. And then we know what happens, right? So then he goes on and the Lord tells him this, this prophecy. He says, this is what I want you to go tell Eli and Samuel's now going, uh, that's the guy that I'm living with? You want me to do what? And, and the whole prophecy is, is really, man, it's tearing down Eli and his family. It says, look, you guys have gotten way off the path. Here's what's going to happen. Eli comes and says, okay, great, Samuel. It's got to be the Lord. Tell me what he said to you. You know, there's a little hesitation because he's thinking, that's where I'm living right now. <laughs> this that may not be good. So he says, all right. He, and in the scripture, they go on and it says, he told 
Eli everything that the Lord had said. And instead of freaking out, Eli finally, finally answered a call. It was a slap to his face and he said, yep, that was the Lord. Instead of freaking out and trying to run or do something crazy or hurt Samuel, he says, yeah, that was the Lord. Because that was the second time that Eli had been given such a word. Your family has gotten way off the path, Eli. You better get it under control or there's destruction coming. Didn't do it. Didn't answer the first time. God said, okay, it's done. Here's the thing. It's going to go down and it's not going to end well. And we come to find out that's what happened. I mean, Eli, Eli dies in an undignified. He's just sitting on a bench, finds out some news. That's it. Not doing the work of the Lord, just hanging out. So what does that tell us we need to do? First, we need to find quiet time of our own, right? When did he come to Samuel? He came to Samuel in the evening when everything was getting quiet, everything was going down. You need to find your quiet time. Is that necessarily in the evening? Maybe not. If you're a third shifter, evening is like, what, six in the morning? So, you know, whatever. But find your time. You got to take that time. We must find those times of quiet. So you remember, you know, back in the day, Israel had a great easy sign of, to, to hear what God had to say. There was fire at night. There was smoke during the day. It was pretty easy to figure out what God wanted done. Fire moves, move fire. Fire stops, stay with fire. Smoke moves, go with smoke, okay? And once in a while, there was a thundering voice that said, knock it off or move or something. You know, God was really audible. He says he had that. But today we don't see that so much. It would freak people out. So it says the still, quiet voice of the Lord. You need to quiet yourself. You need to quiet your mind. You need to put all of those distractions out of the way and say, okay, Lord, it's you and me. What do you have? If you call my name, your servant hears. What is it that you have for me? You know, here again, even the man of God didn't recognize it till the third time. That's how far away that he had distanced himself from God. It took three times for him to realize that it was God speaking. What's the other thing? We must respond. Here's the thing. We must respond when he calls. You know, we don't get much. Sometimes he doesn't give us much of a choice. You think about Saul. Saul's riding along on his way into Damascus, and all of a sudden a light comes. He's thrown off and blinded. God didn't give him much of a choice. He said, okay, you're going to listen for a minute. Now, it's your choice and what to do with it, but you're going to listen to me for a minute. And we know what happened. What happened to him? He went from being one of the biggest persecutors in the church to two days afterwards, he's one of the biggest cheerleaders for the church. There was a sense of urgency that struck him when he answered the call that the Lord had for him. The Lord said, now it's time to go. Great. Scales are dropped from your eyes. What are you going to do with it? Two days later, he's in the temple and everybody in there is going, is it me next? And he's like, no, 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 no. See, you don't get it. I've been changed. That was me. This is what the Lord, I've been on the wrong side. Let me tell you the good things of the Lord. He answered the call. Here we go. Why now? So we're going to go back to 2 Corinthians there again. We're going to keep reading. So we we know that now is the time. It says, don't frustrate God's work. It's still in the Message Bible. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late. Throwing a question mark over everything we've done. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. 
people are watching us as we stay at the post alertly, unswervingly, in hard times and tough times and bad times, when we're beaten up, when we're jailed, mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating, with a pure heart, clear head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we're telling the truth and when God's showing showing His power, when we're doing our best setting things right, when we're praised, when we're blamed, slandered, and when we're honored, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead. Come on, that's where the church is. Church is rumored to be dead. I'm here to tell you, it's still terrifically alive. Come on, beaten within an inch of our lives and refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet enriching many, having nothing, having it all. You know, they always say that the devil's in the details. To me, I'm reading this and it said the Lord's in the details. Right? We're seen, we're judged, we're seen, the details are done because of uh, of that. He's in the details. Well, here's the thing I take from that. First, we're, we're being watched. Why now we're being watched? You know, people are watching us at our post. I mean, they, they're, they're looking at us to see, you know, what we're going to do when things get tough. They're going to say, is it just lip service or are you truly a follower? So when things get rough, you know, we, we, do we continue to praise him or do we curse him or do we just kind of simply slink away? You know, we slowly lose that sense of urgency. We just kind of, well, and step back. But here's the thing. Why do we need to keep going? Because the world needs to hear the message of go. That's why we continue to press forward. You know, I, I see this and, and we, we've actually, you know, we've been doing our disciples class in the last couple of weeks and man, the more we read these things, I, there's a couple of you that are in Josh and I think, you know, some others and, yeah, and John and Diane and, and uh, Brian and Ashley. We've been talking about, um, you know, end times and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and all of these things that are very foundational pieces. But as you start to look at these chapters and you start to read them, you start to go, wow, there's a lot of that stuff that looks a little like what's around us right now. What does that mean? That means it's getting a little bit closer than it used to be. Does that mean it's all going to go down tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know. I can't tell you. But I can tell you this. You know, it, it, it should be it should be really for us to go and spread the gospel. In the midst of all this is going on, there's an assignment for us to go and do this thing. I'm going to keep doing that until he comes or takes me home. I'm going to do what he's asking me to do. You know, I want you to think about this. The gospel, it's a message that once you are a believer, is not yours. It's not for you anymore. It's for those who do not know him and need to know his goodness. Is it an encouragement to us? Yes. Is it something we can hang on to? Yes. But it's ours to give to somebody else. It's not the only thing we base and live our life around. We have an assignment to take that thing because it's the gospel that brought us in. It's that good news of Jesus that drew us into who he is. Now we need to do that to draw others in. We have our assignment. You know, it's it's a tool to be used when we get our assignment. But, you, you know, here's the thing. You don't have to be the best speaker. 
You don't even necessarily have to be someone who comes up and preaches. And I'm going to say I'm not the best speaker. I can tell you that. I know. But here's the thing. It might just be your assignment to go for that day is taking that little bit of good news, and maybe it's just an encouraging word to somebody. You know, Brother Mark, man, you know, I work, you know, working with you, and, you know, God loves you. I just want you to know that. Have a good day. And that might be just the one thing that person needed to hear that day. And that's it. I mean, I, you know, there's countless stories of these things. It's, it's absolutely amazing where people are just going along and says, Lord, if you just send somebody across my path, even just with an encouraging word, all I need is that one last little thing. And it's either I move on from this life or, Lord, I'm going to serve you. And people just walk across their path and go, man, you know what? I don't know what it is, but I felt like God talking to me to just come over and say, hey, the Lord loves you. And it's the turning point in a person's life just to know that even somebody would care enough and that God would care enough to send somebody to say that. Maybe that's all that it is. Come on. And, and, and maybe it's even just as much as, you know, we got a few cheerleaders around here. I'm not going to name names, but I tell you, there's a few people that, that invite and just invite and invite and invite. And it's great. I'm like, oh, how'd you hear about us? Oh, I talked to so-and-so. And I talked to some, wow, and you, oh, well, what is it? It's, it's because there's something that's in them that says, man, you know, there's this thing that's going on. You really should be a part of it. I, I want to show you something, you know, I, I, I may not be able to say it the best. I don't know, but I can tell you, man, let me show you some people that, that are all like me and we love God. I want to show you something. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, you know, they find themselves in a, in a, in a place of worship and all of a sudden they find that they've, you know, been missing some things and man, and. And you just see them come alive. But there's a sense of urgency there. I love the kids, man. There's kids every week. It's kind of fun to... to, to, (laughs) I've been in there the last couple of weeks. And we talk about this in our builders. You need to go where your grace is. My grace is not kids, but I'm helping because we need help. Okay? But I'm in there. You know, and it's one of those. It's only by the grace of God they all get out alive. Okay? I do better with big people, little people. There's something about it. It doesn't work with me. But I watch some of those kids every week. It's kind of fun to go in there and just watch them come in. And I'm like, I have never seen this. Who are you? Oh, I'm so-and-so's friend. I'm like, awesome. You know, every time I say that, awesome. Let's, you know, and then they keep coming back and keep coming back. You know, that's, that's kind of been a history of the church. It's been fun to watch how many kids have brought their parents into this place. It was through the kids. So awesome. But now we need to go. Now that we, now that we've taken our time, we've figured out what it is that God has for us to do. We know that people are watching us. But now we need to go. Can't put off to tomorrow what should be done today. Amen? I, I kind of call this the Esther effect. You know, Esther was given her assignment to go. You know, she, she, actually she was kind of forced into the beginnings of her assignment and she didn't really get a chance. She was meant to go. Here she is in the temple and, you know, we find out there's, there's, you know, again, the nasty dude Haman and all this stuff and he's trying to kill her people and everybody and her cousin Mordecai comes along and says, hey, here's the time. You are in the best position of anybody. Now you need to go. You've got an assignment. It's to save Israel. It's to save the Jews. Here we go. Come on, go in. 
This is your people. And she thought about it, but she did it. Mordecai gave her a pretty steep warning. He says, here's the thing. Even if you don't, you you may miss the boat on this one. Even if you don't do it, God's still going to redeem his people. It's not going to work out as well for you, though. It's always good to go when God says to go and do what he has you to do. You know, I, I think of it a room... This happens at, at my house, and so, you know, I'm, I'm letting you in on what happens at our house. And, you know, Pastor Chris was, like, gracious the last time I talked to him. He said, oh, it's not like that. It really is. He just, he's lying. So we need to pray for him. But we got, you know, it, it's like when you go in your house and you have this, there's one room that you always mean to tackle. There's a little bit of stuff in there, and you kind of walk by that every day, and you really feel like you should do something about it, but you're like, man, not today. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into tomorrow, which turns into tomorrow, which is next month. And six months later, you're going, oh, that room is horrible. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, and, and, you know, and then the thing is, is, it's not just the stuff that was there before. You're like, man, I got this other stuff I need to do something with. I'm just going to throw it all in that room. And now that room has started getting, you know, more compounded and nasty. And just, you're like, I'm just going to shut the door. That is why you never saw the basement. It was a door that was always shut, so I can, you know. But you walk by this door, and all of a sudden you shut that door, and time goes by, and time goes by, and finally you get to it. You open that door, and the problem is, is there were so many things that maybe one day was important. There's projects, there's things you really meant to do, and all they've done is just sat in there and collect dust, and like other dreams you've had, they just kind of died. And you're just sitting there. It's just stuff. And you go through and you get the whole room cleaned out and it's all sparkly and everything's good again and you can see the carpet and, you know, the windows aren't behind cobwebs and all that fun stuff, you know. The spiders are all mad because you made them move out because they weren't paying rent. You get them all kicked out. And instead of a sense of accomplishment, you almost feel like a sense of disappointment. Because it hits you how long ago you should have done this. And you go, man... There's all these things as you're just, you're going through some of these things that felt so important and, and needed attention and that you just threw in the room and you let go and now those things have just passed. And, and they're not of use anymore and they're not, it's the, it's the Esther effect. If you don't do that, this is, hey look, it's just gonna kinda die on the vine. You know, if you don't answer that call, and, and you know, you get all done with that and, Here's the thing, our spiritual walk can end up that way sometimes. You you ever felt like that? You know, maybe God called you to do something, but you kind of spiritually, you you put it in a room to deal with later. You know, you just feel like you kind of missed the boat. Like, man, I just knew I should have. Wow. There's there's a a pastor that we know of, um, and, you know, we got to see him this week, and and he came here and visited his pastor, Mark Estes, and he was talking about that where, you know, there was a particular neighbor that over and over and over again, God sent that guy across his path. And he was one of those that was just taxing. You know what I mean? Like, you just, like, oh, you know, like I said earlier, I just don't, Lord, I can't deal with him today. I got things to do with. And God said, no, you need to deal with him today. So I just can't do it. And so he just, you know, politely, hey, good to have you, and went on his way. And he wakes up the next morning, 
and he flips out the paper. And on the top half of the section is a story about a man who dies in a boat accident. And he reads the name, and it's his neighbor. He missed the boat. He didn't follow the call that God had from that day. And, and it was an encouragement to me. He says, since that day, though, he says, I have purposed in my spirit that regardless of what it is, how ridiculous it may sound, how weird it may feel, when the God, God says, get up and go, I'm going to get up and go. Because it doesn't just affect us when we miss our go. Come on, but good news is for you. I want to tell you today, good news is for you. You haven't completely missed the boat. Amen? If you're still here today, how many of you are still here today? Okay, good. All right. Most of you are still awake. That's a good thing. All right, I got most hands. few of you are dozing. You know, I saw that, Rebecca, right back there. That's my cousin. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you were taking notes. That's why your head was down. I got it. All right. But here's the thing, as long as you are still here today, he has something for you to do. Come on, if he hasn't taken you home to see him yet, you still have a purpose. It's not over. Amen? Maybe you missed the one boat you should have taken earlier, but there's still a later, there's a later boat. Come on, we did that with flights. We didn't take the first one, but we took the next flight out. We still got home. We could do the same thing spiritually. So when he calls, we need to listen. And when he says go, we need to go. You know, he gives us a direction. We need to follow it. Come on, and just like with Esther, she answered the call and God provided the miracle. It wasn't up to her to provide the miracle. It was up to her to just open her mouth. Just walk into that room and go, um, King, husband, if it's all right, can we talk for a minute? Yeah, come on in. And God provided a miracle that came afterwards. And I love how God is not without a sense of irony. You're put to death on the very machine that was meant for somebody else. Here Haman gets put because God provided the miracle. God, God provided a way to actually get rid of the threat. The threat got rid of itself. He tends to do that. It's wonderful. You read through the Old Testament and see a lot of things where that happens, that the threat eliminates itself because God stepped in the middle of it. It's, it almost is confusing. It's like a Yoda phrase or something, you know. I don't, it's just when you kind of think about it, it just twists around. You're going, how did that even work? I don't know, but God did it. That's what I can say. So I might have the, the worship team come on back up. And, and come on, maybe that's you this morning. I want to pray for you guys this morning. Can I have everybody stand up? Well, it's a good thing to know that we haven't missed it. Amen? And I love the fact that God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And Come on, if, if not so, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, some of you know me and know my backstory here a little bit. Um, I'm thankful to be standing here because he's a God of second chances. Come on, I missed the boat early on, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to catch the late, I'm catching the later, the, the later boat. So this morning, I want to pray for two different groups, if you're here this morning. The first, I want, and I'm going to have you guys do this here in a second. The first of you, 
you've heard this message of go today and, and you said, that sounds really good. Like, I feel like I would like to said there's something there. There's a sense of purpose. I feel like I want to do that. You know, I, 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 I don't know exactly what it all means yet, but man, there's something, it feels like there's something more than me. How many know that's a good thing to feel like there's more than you? Yeah. Amen. And he says, I want, you know, I, I want a sense of purpose of where does it start? Well, here we go. It starts first and foremost with who the gospel is about, and that's Jesus. Come on, it starts with a relationship with him, and it starts by inviting him in and having him to take over. And so I want everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. I want, I want some privacy this morning for those in, everyone in this room. And in a second here, I'm going to count down from three. And what I want you to do when I count down from three, I want you just to lift your hand, lift your head, look at me. But if this is you, if you've never, if you've been in a church service and, and maybe you've never been in a church service, but you feel like you want to belong to something more and, and, and really, we're not talking church membership here. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about making him your king yes. today. So in three, if that's you, if you've never done that before, and even if you've been in a church, if you've never raised your hand, you never said, I want him to take over, I want that to be done. I want that to do that today. And two, I'm going to have you go ahead and raise your hand, and then we're going to pray for you this morning. We're actually going to have you pray out loud. And in one, this is a call from the Lord today when this says, right, now is the hour. Today is the day of salvation. Do not let today go by. Do not go out those doors without having met him first. And one, now, anybody, that's you. If you're in this place and you've never accepted him before, if you've never asked him in and take over and say, Lord, take over my life, I want you to do that now. Raise your hand. I just want to see your hand. It's just you and me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is the place. Come on, this is a place for reconciliation. You're in a safe place here. <laughs> Nobody's going to judge. Because we've all been on the other side of that. Amen. So let's do this. I want you guys to repeat after me. Everybody in the room. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I come to you today. I come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I am. I thank you, Lord. That you died on the cross for me. I thank you, Lord, that you first love me. Jesus, today, come into my life. Take over for me. I accept your gift. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. That's awesome. Everybody, come on. Come on. Here's the thing. So cool. So cool. Today, come on, today, you've kicked off a party in heaven. Come on, if you prayed that prayer this morning, and that's the first time it says that the angels are rejoicing. Oh, come on, it's a party for you. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Come on. Woo! Now, here's the other group. I'm going to have you guys bow your heads again, because I don't want, you know, we're, we're, I'm not about to embarrass anybody. But maybe you've heard all this message of go and you know that you need to go now and you know that it's a time, it's, it's a time sensitive thing. We're, we're done, right? We, we need to move into this thing. We need to just do it. But maybe you've put up some barriers. Maybe you shut that door a little too long ago, but you need to open that door. We need to remove some barriers today. So what I want you guys to do, again, I'm going to count down to three. What I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand 
I'm going to leave, I'm going to have you leave it up, but I want you to raise your hand and just say, Lord, I want barriers down today. I I don't want anything between you and me. I don't want anything between you and what you have for me. So in three, we're going to do that this morning. If that's you, if you felt like you put up a barrier that's gotten between you and the work that the Lord has for you, and two, you need to raise your hand. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for those barriers to be removed. But come on, it takes an action on you because I can't do it for you. In one, we're going to go ahead and do this because it's not me. In my life, I had to do that. But in your life, you need to do that in one. and zero. Let's raise our hands. If that's you, if you feel like you've had a barrier today, if you've had a barrier you need to remove that, that's blocking you from doing what it is, from doing that call of go. Come on, amen. Heavenly Father, you see these hands that are raised here this morning. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you that you are a God of second chances. That, Lord, that, that we may have missed that first boat that we should have been on. <laughs> but, Lord, maybe we've locked away those dreams and some of those things that you had for us to do. But, Father, today we say no more. <laughs> Lord, we lay claim to it today. Father, we, we lay claim to, to, to pulling those barriers down, to opening those doors, to doing the work that it is that you have for us to do. The Lord, the next time you say go, the Lord is, we're going to hear it and we're going to react. We're going to be like a, we're going to be like a Samuel where we're not having to keep going and asking, uh, what, what was that? But we say, we know that that's your voice, oh Lord. We know that that's your voice. And today we're going to say, this is your servant who hears you. Speak, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Father, I thank you for those removed barriers. I thank you for just a real new, fresh release on life. <laughs> Father, I thank you for a fresh, uh, uh, really pouring of your Holy Spirit and a fresh oil over these that have their hands up. <laughs> but Father, sometimes you feel like you're just disconnected. But Father, connect today. And we just thank you for that. We thank you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' mighty name today, we pray. And everybody said, come on, amen and amen. Come on, let's just take, let's give him a clap offering this morning. Come on. We're going to take just the next couple minutes and we're going to worship some more this morning.